Welcome to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, where we're bringing basic business tips to entrepreneurs and the future leaders of tomorrow. Let's get down to business. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast. I thank y'all for joining me here for another show, for another week. And uh, this week we are um, we're having an interview with Jay Izele. Uh, he is very familiar with doing some YouTube work, a lot of YouTube stuff, Instagram, video production, content management, social media, marketing, all sorts of stuff. We had a fantastic interview. Uh, it was so great. Like when we got to the end of the interview, we didn't realize how fast the time it went. And so like we had to cut it off, you know, shorter than what we wanted to, but yeah, hopefully we'll get him back on the show soon. And, um, a lot of great nuggets there, so make sure you stay tuned and listen to that. But before we get into the show, uh, I do want to thank the patrons for the Business with Bordeaux podcast. So go check out truestrengthapparel.com. Mr. Aaron Simpkins over there. He has got some some cool stuff going on. He has a video of um, the, the Wonder Year Challenge that Sean David Grant had over at Trackstars for his new album, Wonder Years. And, you know, a buddy of his did a video, so you can check that out at truestrengthapparel.com. But also, you make sure you check out all the clothing, the hats, everything that he's got going on over there on the website, and also the uh, ladies' line that he's expanding. So, uh, shout out to him and his wife, Brooke. They're doing some great things over there, and I appreciate them putting out some good quality stuff. And also, check out uh, wpstand.com. Uh, you know, we actually mentioned, uh, WP Stan in the interview because JSLA is uh, familiar with him. So, you know, go check him out. Uh, he does a lot of WordPress, uh, work. So if you need some help with any of that kind of stuff, you can check him out at uh, WPStan.com. And, uh, and as I mentioned, make sure y'all check out uh, the Wonder Years album from Sean David Grant. Uh, you can stream it on all different kinds of platforms. But here in business, you know, even though I understand the current way the music industry works isn't really on album sales, but, you know, if you want to be a blessing to them, you know, go cop the album. It's phenomenal. You won't regret it. It's worth every single dime and more. You know, I feel like you could have charged twice for the, um, for the content and the awesome quality he put into it. So make sure you go check that out. I think that's it for uh, for right now. So yeah, we're going to go ahead and jump into the interview with Jay is LA. Alrighty, welcome back to the Business with Bordeaux podcast. We have another interview with uh, another brother that I met through uh, Lavoisier Cornerstone. And uh, I got to shout out him, man. He has been uh, putting me in with some great people, being able to get some interviews in. So I, I really appreciate that. But uh, this week we have um, a brother, Jay is LA. Uh, you know, probably call him Jimmy throughout the show. But uh, he, he's really big into video production to uh, some social media stuff, YouTube and Instagram. He's got a lot of background in, in all of those areas. And, uh, and he even uh, he even works with Grow the Heck Up over at um, on, on the website over there. So we appreciate him being on the show. And how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I th- thank you for doing the show, man. Uh, we did have another, uh, another video or another interview with Derek Myers where we did talk about video a little bit. And uh, right. we, didn't, we didn't necessarily go into like a lot of YouTube, Instagram stuff. So this will be a little bit different for anybody who's wondering if this is going to be a replication of another interview because it's not. <laughs> and uh, that, and we got a whole different guy here, man. So right, um, right. So yeah, man. So whenever, uh, 
Whenever I first, uh, you know, saw you, it was on uh, some of the Grow the Heck Up Periscope sessions. So, uh, so real quick, how did you get introduced in the, to, to the Wasier? Um, actually, through Twitter, through social media. Um, you know, the funny thing is, I, I, when I was watching the Periscopes, I didn't know who he was, right? I stumbled up, up, upon the Periscope by accident. I think somebody retweeted it. Um, I don't remember who it was, but... You know, through the Telegram chat, uh, somebody had posted an old song of his. And I was like, I used to have that song. I used to have that CD. I can't believe that was him. So, you know, and, then, and we're talking like maybe 10, 10 years ago, you know, and I had no idea. I had no idea that it was him. And then finally, like, the light bulb went on. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was just it was just somebody retweeted it. Um, I hopped on. Um, I didn't know what to think at first. I was like, you know... I like this guy, but I don't like him. I don't know what it is. You know, something, you know, I haven't, I haven't really, I haven't really, you know, figured it out just yet. Um, you know, but I, I love what he was saying, you know, and I totally agreed with what he was saying. It was very thought provoking. Um, he was talking about uh, a lot of things that, that, you know, I'm into like technology, you know, social media, business, entrepreneurship, um, self-sufficiency. So that, that's kind of like, uh, that's kind of like how, it just happened. And then just, you know, the same way, just commenting and, you know, and, and sharing ideas. Right. You know, he started interacting with me, you know, and, and that was that was my first experience on Periscope. So for me, it was it was uh, it was really strange to have someone on the other end, you know, interacting with me like live, you know, um, someone in a completely different state. Right. Um, yeah, and our relationship just built like that, just off of uh, Periscope. Um, and then, uh, you know, we built off of that uh, on Telegram, um, just sharing ideas and whatnot. And uh, he finally, you know, invited me to, to be part of Grow the Heck Up, um, where I've been, you know, helping with uh, social media marketing. Cool, cool. Awesome, man. Uh, that's good, man. So maybe, maybe we could talk about that uh, specifically in a little bit here. I just wanted to, uh, I forgot to ask you before we started recording. And so yeah. that was just something I wanted to uh, ask real quick because I know I had seen you. I've been following him for a little while and, you know, I've, I've seen your name show up in the comments and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah man. So anyway, um, I, lo I love a little bit about your background. Let the listeners know kind of where you come from and how you kind of got into the whole video production thing. And, um, you know, and just kind of share that a little bit with the people. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. So I'm a, I'm a digital media consultant based out of Los Angeles. Uh, so I specialize in video production, content management, and social media marketing. Um, the way I got into video production was actually through, through church. There was an announcement made um, that they needed people to, um, to work the cameras. And so I signed up. And uh, I started working the cameras like that following week. Um, I got trained. Everyone at the church within the media uh, department worked within the field. They worked in Hollywood. So they were either on a TV show or working on films. And so I learned from industry professionals. Um, and I did that at the church, uh, just, just volunteer work. Um, I did that for about three years. And then once I, I left that church, I went to a P4CM and... Uh, I, I told them, I was like, Hey, I do video work. I know how to run this camera, that camera. And they weren't really impressed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, so I was like, Hey, you know, I'm willing to help out. Um, right. you know, I've, I've done camera work and, uh, you know, they already had their own thing going. And, you know, a few weeks later they made another announcement 
that they needed a video editor. And I had never done any video editing, but I wanted to help out. And so I put my name on the list and um, two, only two people volunteered and I was the only one that showed up for the meeting. So I got the job. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I got the job and I started training with uh, Laysia Wiggins, who, who uh, works for The Price is Right. And she does editing there. And um, she's the one who taught me how to edit. And that's kind of how I got my start with uh, video production. And then, you know, after that, um, I did that for like about two or three years. And then I just started freelancing. Um, just because, you know, I had the skill set. Um, I thought it was a good way to, to kind of make some extra money. And, uh, and I've been doing it ever since. I love it. I love video production. Nice. So whenever you, so it was like three years before you decided to try to do it on your own. Um, well, the reason why I started doing it on my own was actually because, um, I was in school. I found, so I found myself out of work. Um, and I was, I was in school uh, and I needed to make some money and I didn't have the time to work a full-time job. And so I was like, well, I'll just shoot a video, you know, and I put an ad on Craigslist. Somebody called me and I shot a video and it just, I kept the ad on Craigslist and people just kept calling me and I, I kept doing, I kept doing video work. And that's, that's kind of like how it just started for me. Nice. So was it like a paid ad or you just threw something up there and people found it? No, no, no paid ad. Just, just, you know, regular Craigslist ad, you know, like, nice. like selling your car or, you know, uh, an old TV set, just, you know, regular ad, like, you know, I'll shoot your video. Nice, man. And nice. So, so you were in, what were you in school for? I actually went to school to, uh, be a LVN or LPN in some States, okay. which is a vocational nurse. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was in school for like about, uh, I think it was like about 18 months. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, so I was in school doing that, but the video stuff was just picking up to the point where I just kept doing the video stuff. Um, I finished school, um, but I just stuck with the video stuff because it, it, it's always been a passion of mine ever since I was younger. Um, I, I, I first got in, actually introduced into the, the video stuff when I was uh, a teenager. Um, I, uh, I actually had dropped out of school because I had gotten into some trouble. I ended up getting my GED, but during that time, um, my, my uncle, who's actually like my brother, he, uh, he introduced me to one of his friends, uh, another set of, of brothers. One was into video production and the other one was uh, a recording engineer. He was into music. And so um, the, the one that was into video production, he kind of took me under his wing. I was only like about 16 at the time. Uh, he took me under his wing and kind of showed me. Now, this is back in the day when everybody was shooting on 35 millimeter. This is before DSLRs and everything. Um, and he kind of just showed me the ropes, like whenever he would shoot a, a music video or a commercial or even just like a short film, he would let me look through the lens. He would ask for my advice, even though, you know, I don't think he needed my advice, right. but he, he, would, he would ask for my input. Um, and that really sparked my interest. But, you know, he went to, he went to Loyola to study film and I just never thought that that was something that was possible for me. something that was, you know, attainable. Um, and, uh, but I ended up going to community college to, to, I took a couple of media classes. Um, but I never pursued it just because I didn't think it was possible and the technology just wasn't there. Like now, you know, people shoot music videos and films on iPhones, you know? Yeah. Um, but back then you, you had to, even if you wanted to edit, you had to rent an editing bay and actually slice film. Um, and those editing bays were pretty expensive. Um, 
so, you know, it, it just wasn't something that I thought that I could do. And then, you know, fast forward to, you know, about what, 10 years ago or something, you know, when DSLR started becoming popular and I ended up actually, I ended up buying a DSLR with uh, my tax return. And that's kind of like, I figured like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure this out um, and I'm going to do it. And that's exactly what I did. Nice. So what was your very first experience doing something paid for somebody? Like, how did it feel like getting that, you know, it was, you know what, it was fun because like, like, um, I, I, I was doing something, I'm doing something that I, that I love, that I enjoy doing. And I'm like, you're really going to give me a check for this. You're really going to pay me for this. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, I really would do it for free. I'm not telling anybody, but you know, I, I would do it for free, you know? And, um, yeah, it was just exciting. It was, it was, it was real exciting to, to, to get that first client, you know? Um, yeah. And, and, you know, so I just, I've been doing it ever since, you know? Right. How long, I'm curious, how long did you have that ad in Craigslist before you got a hit? You know, I I don't remember. I honestly, I don't remember. Um, I would say no more than two weeks though. Okay. No more than two weeks before I got a hit. Yeah. What I did was I, I kind of, I went on Craigslist I looked at what everybody else was doing, right? What they were advertising, um, what they were offering. And so I knew that I would, I could do it for free mm-hmm. and I knew how much time it would take me to do it just because I already had experience with, with, uh, filming and with editing that I just undercut everybody else. I, I think that at, at the time it was something like the lowest price I saw and there was like maybe like 500 bucks. Wow. And so, yeah. And so, I think my ad was like for $300 because I knew that I could shoot it in two hours and, you know, it'd probably take me just, just as long to edit it, you know? So, yeah. So I just, I just undercut everybody else. And, uh, I think that's mainly why I got, I got the work. Right. Yeah. I know a lot of people, um, anybody who might listen to to Gary V, you know, he always says, you know, if you can find somebody to do some work for free and, um, you know, so definitely if you can get paid for it, that's, that's a whole lot better. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. So you were, um, so you you told me before that you had worked for, uh, for a company doing, uh, some of this stuff. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, for about three years I was doing, um, content management for a company that does fulfillment for the major studios. Um, so what, the service that they offer, they basically print out posters and standees uh, for the studios and they send them to movie theaters like right before a film premieres or if like there's a, a promo event and they need posters, maybe they can do giveaways or something like that. Um, they they do everything from beginning to end. So they, they'll do the full production and the mailing and even the setup. Um, I... They, so they had a, a digital site as well, and that's the area that I worked in. And basically what we did, or what I did, is I, I serviced the client's sites. So some of the clients were like Netflix, Warner Brothers, uh, Disney, um, and they all had press sites. And on these press sites, uh, we would give access to uh, people, in, you know, to the press uh, so that they can download images and, and write reviews about upcoming shows before they were out. So some of the shows that I worked on were like uh, Better Call Saul. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, some of some 
it's just pretty much anything that was uh that was on Netflix that was premiered is probably more the the ones that that I worked on. Um, Kimmy Schmidt, um, you know, just just to name a few. Um, right. And basically, we would just give them access to to the site. Um, we would upload we would upload the trailers, uh, give them access. Um, some of the other clients, we had to create the press sites for them, um, and so we would. It required a little bit of HTML. Um, other clients, we did e-blast for them. So we would uh, create, from beginning to end, we would create an e-blast, letting people know, letting the press know that, you know, there was a premiere in their area, let's say Los Angeles or New York, for whatever upcoming film was out. They would have to pre-register. Um, we'd keep track of, of uh, the open rates um, and everything else and provide that for the client as well. Um, and I did that for about three years. Okay. And then what, what happened after that? Um, I got laid off. I got laid off because uh, their system, um, well, they lost, they lost one of the clients, right? So one of the clients was uh, Netflix. So they, they lost Netflix. That's one of the main reasons why I came on uh, was because that client was so demanding. Um, and so that client was in the transition of leaving. And so that client left, the workload was kind of slow. And so I got laid off and they were also uh, consolidating a lot of the, uh, the departments. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up getting laid off and I was doing all of this uh, video work and uh, social media consulting and content management. Basically what I had learned there, um, as far as the content management I had learned that I was already doing it. And so I just, started doing it full-time on my own and i've been doing that for the last year okay so whenever you um so when you went when you when you lost the job uh did you go into like a panic mode and you were like you know what am i going to do how did that like you know what, what what were the emotions at that time because i know i've heard a lot of stories about people they they yeah. start their entrepreneurship journey out of you know necessity and, right um and so how was that like for you um well you know, the strange thing is, is that I already, I already anticipated it, right? Uh, because originally I was hired on as a temp for 30 days, right? I was only supposed to be there for 30 days. It ended, it ended up being three years that I was there, right? So I, I always knew that it was going to end, right, at some point. Um, but I, I already had a feeling that I was... Um, I was, that job was coming to an end. Um, so I started preparing a lot. Um, and I started having this, this fire, this desire to, to really start my own thing. Um, and really a, a lot of it, a lot of it was really uh, just listening to Gary V. Um, I kind of, <laughs> it really, honestly, I, uh, I immersed myself into, into, into Gary V. Actually, one of my clients, um, had recommended me, he had introduced Gary V to me. Oh, cool. And cool. Yeah, yeah. He, um, cause I, he responded to an ad on Craigslist, actually. He responded to an ad on Craigslist, um, for video work. And, uh, I went out with him. I shot with him. He hired me because he's actually, he also does video too, but he just doesn't have the time to do it. Right. Right. Um, and so he hired me. We met. Uh, he brought me on and he's like, you know what? He's like, I think, he's like, he's like, as much as I want to keep you, you know, and have you do my videos. He's like, I really think you should get into marketing. He's like, um, he's like, I think you'd be perfect for it. He's like, have you ever heard of this guy named Gary V? I was like, no, actually he said Gary Vaynerchuk. Right. right. And so 
I was like, what? Gary, what? I, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I'm driving home and I'm thinking about this. We had, so after the shoot, we had like a two-hour conversation, you know, the client and I. And so I'm driving home and I'm thinking about this. I'm going over everything that he said. And, and uh, you know, I text him. I'm like, hey, who's that guy, you know, uh, you were talking about? And so he sent me a link to a Gary V keynote speech, you know, and that was probably like a year before I ended up losing my job. And so that whole year, I just, I was listening to him and I was thinking of ideas of how I can apply it to, to, to my life and what I do. Um, and that's kind of how I got started in the, in the, in the content management for social media, because I already had a skill set, you know, and, and I knew that I could do that. And so I just applied it to, to what, what I knew. Um, and I applied that to Instagram and, and, and to Twitter and, uh, you know, so losing my job was probably the best thing that happened to me because I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy at all. Um, I knew that, uh, I mean, I was happy to have a paycheck, you know, right. I was happy to be employed, but I knew that I could lose it at any given time. You know, I, I knew that, I knew that my position and wasn't valued, you know? Um, and so I, I, uh, well, I and took I would steps say, to prepare myself. Yeah. I would say in general, I mean, statistics show that somebody stays at a job for like 3.2 years. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I guess you just kind of fit that, the, the longevity of a job. And so, yeah. So were you, were, so the whole time, were you thinking like, what did you get to a point where you were thinking of, you know, what am I going to do if this happens or when it happens? Did you already kind of have that brewing in the back of your head or is it just something that popped up whenever it happened, you know, whenever the job left? It wasn't, see, it wasn't even that if. It was like when it okay. happens, like I'm over, I'm going to hit the ground running, you know, because, um, you know, as, as you stated, statistically, um, you know, people lose their jobs like every three to two years. That's like my life. That's like my whole career. That's my life. Right. Like every two to three years, I would lose my job. Right. And so that's why I started going to school for nursing, because I figured, well, maybe there's, you know, there's stability in nursing. You know, people are always getting sick. People are always dying. You know, yeah. there's always going to be jobs there. It wasn't something that I wanted to do, but it was just something that I, you know, and I have kids and I'm, and I'm married. So I figured, well, this is probably the best career move for me, you know, and I enjoyed it, but it, it really wasn't fulfilling for me. Right. You know, um, the video stuff was really something more of a dream. And as as it started, you know, growing and progressing um, and I started getting clientele, people were actually paying me to do it. Um you know, I, I figured this is what I'm going to do, you know, and, and the only reason why I took the job, uh, working at, at the, at the, uh, that company was because it was a temporary assignment, you know, I was like, oh, I could do this for 30 days, you know, easy, you know, make, make some easy money. It seems like easy work. I can do this. Um, and that's why I took the job. And then, you know, as, as you make money, you, you make lifestyle adjustments, right? You get used to a certain lifestyle, you have a little more money in your pocket. And so, I just got used to that paycheck. And so, you know, that 30 days turned into three years. And, you know, towards the end, um, I was unhappy because I wasn't doing something that I wanted to do. I was just, you know, doing the whole nine to five thing. Right. Um, going, waking up every morning, going to work, you know, doing that 30, mile, uh, 30 minute commute, you know, coming home, you know, in the evening, 
um, being tired, you know, too tired to play with my kids, you know, it's, it's just, I wasn't happy, you know, I wasn't happy. So when, when that time came, um, I was looking forward to it. It wasn't a if, it was like when it happens, I know what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit the ground running. And, and that's, that's pretty much what, what I did. That's exactly what I did. I already had it all planned out. Now, what I didn't have planned out was, um, this whole, uh, relationship with uh grow the heck up right that that was really a godsend um because i just thought i was going to continue doing videos and working with the youtube channels that i worked with um and try to develop more relationships um and i and i really built a really good relationship with boss and and everybody at grow the heck up um where it's been a blessing for me you know it's been a huge blessing for me i've been able to to meet all kinds of people i mean i'm 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 sitting here talking to you, you know, no, uh, which is something that, that I mean, <laughs> you know, I what I'm saying is that I never yeah. I never anticipated like being on a podcast, you know, being interviewed for something that that, you know, that I love to do. Like, you know, it's, it's just it wasn't something that I thought about, you know. Right. Um, it, it's, it's truly by the grace of God. Yeah, that's kind of I mean, you know, for me, it's the same. I, I think I've shared it on the show before, but, you know, for me, it's kind of the same thing with track stars. Um you know, never did I think I'd be a part of something that let me share the my my love and passion for something like business, and, right. uh, and being able to start up you know a blog and things like that. And so it's funny because you know I, I think both of us we kind of had a mindset of you know we know what we wanted to do, and you know we knew we would eventually want to do it for a job, but you know not anticipating the avenues of which it would take place. I guess. Right. And right. Uh, so that's pretty cool. That's, that's awesome. And, um, and I, I think it's interesting that, you know, it's through the, um, through the anticipation of, of waiting to kind of be let go. I've, I've definitely yeah. felt like that myself, you know, I always tell my yeah. wife, I'm like, if anything ever happens, like, I feel like, I can hit the ground running. Like, I feel like my yeah. legs are souped up and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I definitely feel like that, but, um, yeah. but yeah, man, cool. So, uh, I wanted to jump into, uh, some of the, the YouTube stuff that you've done before. I know you said you work with two, uh, two kind of secular, um, YouTube channels. So what right. were some, you know, what were they and, you know, what did you learn about YouTube, uh, kind of YouTube management, things like that? Because, you know, definitely I feel like in small business, you have to, uh, on top of shooting a good video, you right. have to know how to really, you know, use that video to bring people in. Right. Um, so the, uh, the first channel that, um, I actually became a part of, was uh, Heavy Rage Radio, which is um, a show on Be Real TV, and that was through, I actually got that gig through social media. Um, they had posted something on Instagram uh, where they were looking for interns, right? Mm -hmm. And they specifically wanted somebody who can film and edit and was familiar with social media. And so, you know, I, I sent a direct message or I, I commented, and uh, you know, uh, one of the, the guy, one of the hosts from the show. Uh, Mike, he hit me up and he's like, Hey, can you start Wednesday? Um, he, he saw some of the videos that I did. Um, and at the time, um, all the videos that I had were videos that I had done for P4CM. So they were all Christian videos. There was like no secular videos whatsoever. Um, and he liked it, you know, he liked my work and he's like, you know, come on board. Um, so I did that. 
for um after three months they started paying me okay. to to come out um and so what i what i learned there was actually um that it's not just about the names that you have because they had a lot of big artists um on their on their podcast on their show um so it's a it's a live streaming show right um similar to similar to uh track stars um and it's the Be Real TV is playing consecutively 24 hours a day. It's just different shows, just like a live radio show. Right. Um, and so some of the guests that would come on um, are platinum artists, right? And I would I would film the videos, I would edit the videos, they would put it up, and it would get like 50 views, mm. right? And I'm like, what's going on here? Like these are platinum artists. Like why why aren't they getting any views? And so that kind of got me curious into how YouTube works. So, right? you put on, and, so these are YouTube videos. Are they strict yeah, on YouTube? Yeah, uh, not so much strict on YouTube. Is the fact that they weren't being marketed properly. Right. They weren't being tagged properly. They weren't being titled properly. Um, and they weren't leveraging the relationships that they had. Um, you know, so they weren't uh, advising the artist like, hey, this video is up. Would you mind sharing it? Or they weren't uh they weren't also they weren't making micro uh content uh which is something that that i uh i implemented so every time so every time that i would do a video for youtube i started cutting a small 15 second promo because at the time uh instagram was only allowing 15 seconds worth of video right um now it's a minute um so i wish i would cut a short trailer um, and I started incorporating a lot of, uh, uh, drops and intros that they weren't normally doing before. And once I started doing that, I started seeing the numbers going up because now people were sharing those promo videos, uh, people on the staff, um, the artists were sharing it. Um, and so I started that, that, um, introduced me to how leveraging the relationships, um, helps your social media as well. Um, so that's one of the things that I, I learned from working with that channel. Uh, was that it's not just having like a big name, right. you know, on your, on your show, but it's it's actually, you know, what are you doing with that, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I mean, there's a lot of, um, I mean, just I mean, for example, like there's a lot of you know shows, say with like you know Gary V. Since we're already talking about him, you know, there's right. a lot of podcasts out there that he's been on, and uh, but yeah. you know, if you just you know Google his name or you just Google his name podcast or, you know, put his name in the podcast finder or something, you know, you might not be able to find him on the other podcast. Uh, right. Even though he's a right. big name in, in his, uh, in his market and what he does, you know, just because he's on your show doesn't mean that everybody's going to find it. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, so it's, it's definitely something that, you know, people who were trying to get into that, that realm, uh, you know, make you have to make sure they focus on. So, you know, if you want mine real quick, what are some good, um, some good tagging advice? Cause you mentioned titles, tagging and marketing. What's some good advice that you would have for those who were trying to get, you know, some YouTube stuff going to help them, um, kind of get some more exposure on their videos. Um, well, it, it really, it really depends on what you're trying to do. Like, like for example, right now, I think YouTube is probably like the second most used search engine, mm -hmm. right? So I think keeping that in mind, I think that keeping, keeping, uh, 
marketing on the forefront as you create content is very important. Like, why am I creating this? Who am I creating this for, right? Who's my audience? And once you pinpoint who your audience is, it makes it a lot easier. So I, um, I started vlogging uh, earlier this year. Um, actually, I started, let me correct myself. I started vlogging uh, two years ago, but I only started putting the content up this year, right? Because I was kind of procrastinating. I was, I was dealing with a lot of insecurities, like how am I gonna put this up? Um, and uh, you know, who's gonna watch it and so forth. And the first, so I put up my first vlog this year. And it's a, it's a video where um, I, go to, um, I go to work out at the gym, you know, New Year's resolution. I mean, not the gym, the park. Right. It's my New Year's resolution, right? Uh, and there happens to be a 5K race, right? And, uh, and I end up joining the 5K race and I end up, you know, finishing the, well, they don't let me, they, I join the 5K race, I pay the fee, but they don't let me run, right? So it's just dealing with all of that. Anyway, long story short, I put. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm gonna have to go yeah. watch it now. What what what's yeah. your YouTube channel? JSLA. JSLA TV. Right. <laughs> okay. So so um, the video did okay um, when I initially put it up. I think I think I got a couple hundred views, right? And um, but I had I had labeled it something like I had titled it something like Vlog One or something like that. Right. So I changed the title to how to run a 5k. When I changed the title to how to run a 5k, my, my right now, currently it's, it's the highest viewed video on my channel. Now it's only at about, uh, 2,500 views right now, which isn't a whole lot, but going from, you know, a hundred views right. to 2,500, just because you changed the, the title of the video, I think says a lot. Um, and I, I think that that's, you have to keep that in mind when you, when you create content, who, who was your audience, right? If I just, because I just named it vlog one, like nobody cares about Jimmy's vlog, right? Nobody cares about Jay's or Lay's vlog, except the people who know him, right? right. So my mom's going to watch it. You know, my wife is going to watch it and my kids might watch it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, aside from that, like nobody really cares. So right? unless you're. But, Unless you're Barack Obama or Eminem or, you know, Tupac Resurrected, nobody's just right. going to watch a title that says Vlog One. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Right. So understanding who my audience is, right. Um, you know, it, the running community would watch the video. Uh, someone who who um, has made a New Year's resolution is interested in running a 5K. How do you do that? You know, um, and. And so I show my whole experience, and at the end of the video, um, I answer the question, right? How do you run a 5K? You just do it. That's it. You know, that's the secret. You know, um, and so understanding who the audience is, um, I think gives you gives you uh, better content. Um, so I, I think that all businesses should look at, you know, at their videos, uh, their images, you know, for for uh, Instagram. Um, even whatever they post on Twitter, really understand who the target demographic is. Right. Um, there's a there's a book by uh, Kevin Kelly. Um, oh, it's not a book. It's a it's an article by Kevin Kelly. Uh, it's it's a uh, 1,000 true fans or super fans. I think that 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 is interchangeable. Um, 
but he talks about being very specific about who your audience is. And, and I mean, I, I think a lot of writers do that too. That's in uh, uh, growth hacker marketing too, um, is really understanding who your audience is. Um, and I think that's the number one thing that you should really understand as a business owner. And as you get into social media, as you get into marketing, because it makes, it makes your, your images, it makes your videos, it makes your advertising a lot more effective. Right. So you're not just, you're not wasting money on Facebook ads for something that nobody, it's not going to bring value to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And, and it makes it easier to, uh, I feel like one, it makes it easier to know specifically how to, how to title stuff, how to tag stuff. And, um, and one thing that I have, I've heard from, uh, some people in, in kind of in this sphere is, uh, is the, with the titling, it's got to match the content. Exactly. Exactly. That's one thing I did exactly. learn that I found. So, you know, like your, your title was, it, it was perfect for what it was. Right. Right. Exactly. Now, I mean, the, people do use some, they sometimes use clickbait, um, to get views and that may work short term, but nobody's going to watch your, your vlogs or your videos or your advertisements. If you use clickbait, you know, they're going to remember that and they're going to say, I'm not watching this guy. This is clickbait. You know, he's trying to trick me and you lose, you lose more people that way. Um, because like, for example, um, I used to watch, uh, uh, who, who's a vlogger on YouTube. Um, and I used to watch him with my son cause my son was really into him and he used to watch him. And so that's kind of like how we would bond and spend time together. And, um, my son stopped watching him and asked him, why did you stop watching him? You know? And, and he said it was because he used clickbait mm-hmm. and, you know, so in this household, in my house alone, um, he lost, there's six of us in the house. So he lost six viewers, you know, now just imagine like at scale, how many viewers he he could potentially lose because of his methods of, of marketing himself, you know, now he's, he's still very successful, but you know, I use him as an example because, um, you never want to deceive, um, whoever you're marketing to, whoever your audience is. Um, I, I, I feel that, that integrity is very important, um, in business, you know, um, in every relationship that you have. And I think at the end of the day, your, your clients, um, people who consume your content, um, deserve that, you know, they, they deserve that, that, you know, you, you, you run your, your business, your, your, uh, your media company, whatever it is, uh, with integrity, you know, right. Because they're supporting you at the end of the day, they're spreading, they're spreading the word of, of your, about your content, about your company, you know, um, and they're allowing you to do what you like to do, what you enjoy doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, that'd be like having a huge bag of, this is going to kind of be off the wall comparison, but it's like having like a nacho cheese Dorito bag. That's like a really, really big bag. And then you open it up and you actually have like a little bit of Funyuns at the very bottom. And it's just a bunch of air. (laughs) <laughs> right you're gonna be kind of mad that you, you but that really happens but that really happens though yeah and we fall for it every time right and then it we makes just... you so mad and you're like i'm not watching this mess anymore yeah. like yeah I, yeah i understand it's interesting because i've never watched that channel but i know uh, a friend of mine um is a huge fuzzy tube fan and so like he actually posted a video like you know 
you know things that might have hacked apparently it disappeared or something and so yeah. he, he did a video that said um it's like you know what are some possible things that could have happened to Fuzi or something like that right and, uh yeah so you know it's interesting you brought him up and um so the you know the titling uh what about tagging like what what would you recommend for tagging i don't know um and i haven't really been on youtube and put videos up there so that's one thing that i'm going to be learning myself and uh yeah. so you know what are some ideas when it comes to tagging and things we need to you know kind of be mindful of well with, with tagging you again you have to keep in mind who your audience is right so for example so for the video that i did you I used anything that was related to fitness or to running, right? Specifically running. Um, so it could be anything from, uh, you know, 5K marathon, um, motivational, uh, New Year's resolution, things of that nature, um, things that are related. Now, again, you can use other tags that it may be popular, but they may not help your channel because. Uh, the way the algorithm is set up, um, it'll actually push your video down um, because it's not related whatsoever, um, and people aren't clicking on it either. You know, um, there is a great resource though. It's called uh, TubeBuddy. It, it's one. Um, it's free, but they also have uh, a paid version. Um, that's probably a great resource for anybody who's interested in in, in uh, go embarking onto onto YouTube. How do you um, spell that? Uh, tube, T-U-B-E, buddy, B-U-D-D-Y. Okay. So is that something you just like Google or? Yeah, just Google it. It's, okay. uh, it's a, they, it's a website, but they also have an extension for your browser. Um, and then what it does, it gives you suggestions. So, you know, it does something behind the scenes. I don't, you know, I don't know what it is, but it does something behind the scenes and, and it kind of <laughs> analyzes it analyzes your, your video and your page and, and your titles and everything. And it, it gives you suggestions as far as like what would be the best tags to use, what would be the best description to use, what words to use. Um, and I found it to be very helpful with the videos that, that I've created so far. Cool. Nice. So, um, so I think that that covers YouTube pretty well. Um, you said another area that, that, that you really uh, kind of have some experiences is Instagram. And, yeah. um, and I, know, I know the good thing about Instagram is they did lengthen their time frame to a minute, which is, you know, that, yeah. that's good. Uh, well, it, it's good for those who have a minute's worth of content. Right. <laughs> so, Definitely. Um, so what are some, uh, you know, what are some areas that, that, that you recommend for uh, being able to utilize uh, Instagram at, um, the most uh, effective way in terms of trying to promote a video and, um, and the difference between, you know, maybe doing uh, Insta stories to just doing like a minute video, because I haven't actually myself, I think I did one. I might've, I think I did one Insta story, I think, but like, yeah. usually if I post something, it's just like a quick video on, you know, in, in a timeline. So, you know, or is, is there any like, so the first question I would ask is there, is there any difference benefit wise from just having a video on your timeline or, you know, and then using the Insta story? Um, for, from my experience, um, I'm able to get more engagements with Insta story. So with the stories on, on Instagram, um, it's, it's a lot more, it's a lot more real, if you will. Um, the stuff on my feed is is on my Instagram feed is generally stuff like maybe 
I've actually planned out to take this picture or it's a video that's been produced that I've edited and so forth. Whereas uh, my Instagram stories are more so kind of behind the scenes. You know, it's me at a shoot, but behind the scenes or maybe it's me working out and kind of saying something inspirational or it's just me with my wife and my kids. You know what I mean? So it's a little more candid. Um, and I, I think that that is great for uh, building your audience because you it's a lot more personal, you know, so they feel like they know you. Um, but I, I think the only the only hack for any social media, uh, if you want if you want to grow is is uh, creating content, right. creating content, daily content. Um, and that's something that I found challenging because I'm creating content for my clients. Right. And so oftentimes I'm either too tired or I've missed an opportunity to create content for myself because I'm, I'm thinking about creating content for someone, someone else. Um, but the only hack that will ever work for, for your social media is uh, creating content, content that, that uh, provides value uh, to the consumer. Right. Um, but it's, it's mainly and, and engagements, um, you know, so if someone comments on your, on your image, you know, uh, commenting back, you know, thank you, you know, or maybe going back to their profile and liking a few images and commenting on their images and building relationships that way. Um, but I found with Instagram stories that I actually get way more engagements than on my, on my Instagram feed. I, I, I can't prove it, but I feel like I get the, uh, obligatory like, when I, when I post an Instagram picture, right. you know, like people are just scrolling and they just automatically like an image. Whereas with Instagram stories, like people will actually share something or say something to me. Um, and it, get, it allows me to start a conversation with them, you know, and, and uh, build a relationship with them. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and I kind of feel the same way because, you know, it's interesting how, you know, sometimes you can have uh, the same types of posts, you know, or not the same types of posts, but you'll have, you know, just like maybe kind of more of your your common posts and it gets the same amount of likes but when you do something different there's like a jump in those numbers and i feel like the difference in those numbers is the real interest yeah you know i mean yeah because some people yeah, just like I, it because they just want you to feel good or you know <laughs> right or you know um you know popular hashtag on instagram is like for likes you know so it, it might just be that they're just liking your picture just so that they can get likes as well, you know. I've actually uh, noticed that because I'll, I'll post every once in a while. I'll post some type of business stuff up, and right. um, and I'll get random likes from, you know, uh, a marketer or somebody out there. Yeah, you know, try to sell their service. Which I, I, right. I just want to take a, a second to say that just irritates the crap out of me. I hate fake followers. Like that irritates right. me on Twitter. You know, like whenever I first followed Gary V. I had yeah. like 15 people that turned around and followed me instantaneously. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, and, and you go to their profile and they're like, you know, master marketer, or, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, content director and this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not going to buy your service. You, like, yeah. don't just follow yeah. me. But, um, well, he, here's the thing about fake, fake, uh, followers is that fake followers don't buy anything. Right. Yeah. So although you might be, you might be fooling, some of the public, right? Um, you're not fooling your checkbook, right? You're not fooling your bank account, you know? Another thing about fake followers is that they don't engage, right? So I see this all the time um, because I, I consult, and so sometimes I get artists 
um, musicians who are like, they feel that I should, I should give them a better rate, a better hourly rate because they may have 20, 50,000 followers and somehow that's going to bring me value. Right. (laughs) Right. But as I, as I do an audit of their accounts, I'm noticing that, you know, they may have 20, 50,000 followers, but they don't have any engagements. You know, nobody's liking or retweeting. Um, no, you know, nobody is sharing any of their content, you know, which is obvious that, you know, out of 50,000 people and, and you can't get, you know, 20, 10, five likes, five reshares, you know what I mean? Right. Like that's, that's a red flag for me. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you don't fool anybody when, when you get fake followers. Um, I know that that's, that's a big thing. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's not helping anybody. It's not helping your brand for sure. Right. Um, you know, and in regards to those marketers, I get those all the time too, but I think those are bots. I think yeah. that, you know, they hire, they hire like bots. There's a lot of those out there, um, who look for, they look for hashtags. So you might've used a hashtag on whatever you posted, the business thing. And so they just look for those hashtags and, you know, they like that content because I've gotten, I've used hashtags before and I've gotten like a, a random um, comment like great job or something or, you know, nice Nice (laughs) is the most common one I see. Nice with the exclamation mark. Right. Right. You know, it's like great photo. Yeah. (laughs) My daughter bruised her knee. What are you talking about? Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Terrible. And and it's, I guess one thing that, you know, whenever it comes to uh, like for me personally, I'll rate whether or not, you know, like if I share, like, uh, you know, sometimes if I'm reading, I'll, you know, I'll take a picture, which I mean, I'll, a lot of people do, you know, you take a picture of like a great quote from the book and you highlight it, throw it on Instagram. Right. And so, but the likes that I get, like to me, I don't gauge anything off of likes me personally. Right. I right. only, I only, um, look at the engagement, the comments, that's yeah. That's the only way yeah. I rate anything. It's the same on Facebook. It's the same exactly. on Twitter. Like exactly. if, if you don't engage, and, and here and, and I, the reason why I say this is because um, the two people who engage me the most are the two people who are actually patrons for this show. Okay. And you know yeah. they share the, they share the content, they comment mm-hmm. on it, uh, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And from the get go, it's been you know these two, you know, I mean Aaron Simpkins and, and um. And WordPress stand just to give him a quick shout out uh, in the shout middle out of, to them in, in the middle of the show. So yeah. um, shout out to WordPress stand. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, you know, so those two guys, you know, they're patrons for the show, and they're even before they were patrons for the show, like they were the most uh, the most engaged people. So and, and I've learned from that just from that little bit of it because there's only two patrons at the moment, but I know right. that those people that engage and when you engage back, like. I, th- I I feel like sometimes when um, when they're taking the time, like when they're investing time in the content and the responding and the sharing, yeah. these are the people who are more willing to spend a little bit of money, uh, whether it's for a service or patron or anything like that. And uh, and so taking that time to engage with people, kind of going back to what you were saying, is like super 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 important. Yeah, definitely. I I definitely agree. You know. Uh, Time is a precious commodity, you know what I mean? So you have to, you also have to take the time to, 
to respond back and, and show appreciation to the people who have taken the time out of the day to to either comment on 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 something that you posted or even to share because you know they're leveraging their brand mm-hmm. um you know to to kind of co-sign whatever it is that that you're doing you know and that you know when when I was uh, in real estate um one one of the one of the things that one of the common quotes that we used to say is that you know the best compliment you could give me is a referral right because that means you did such a great job that I'm willing to put my name on the line for you and you know, tell my my mom, my sister that, you know, the next time you refinance or you sell your house or something, they should do it with you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's the same thing with social media is that, um, you know, if if your brand brings value, um, I'm going to share it. You know, bottom line, I'm going to share. I mean, we you know, we we've sat here and we talked about uh, WordPress Dan and we talked about Gary Vee all in the same podcast, you know, because, you know, they brought value you know to 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 this show and 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 to me as well you know um and i i think that's very important to to always give that back to uh whoever is sharing your content or consuming your content when i think it goes back to the uh one one uh one thousand true fans you know because in essence that's what the article is is talking about is is those diehard people that are going to support you support everything that you do right not just liking an Instagram picture and saying nice, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's kind of the same for, uh, you know, just to mention track stars real quick, you know, <laughs> it's, it's those super fans who have become like, you know, track stars, universe members. And, right. um, you know, those are the people who, you know, they, they, they engage a lot, they share, um, right. you know, the guys on the show respond to them whenever they tweet them and stuff like that. And, uh, and, and I'll be honest, man, like even still today, like, um, for example, real quick. So I, I listened to a show called Ask Pat. Have, have you heard that? No, no. What is it called? Ask Pat. Uh, Pat Flynn. He's like real big okay. on online businesses. He has a smart passive income podcast. Okay. Um, but anyways, check him out. yeah, man, it, it, it's, it's really good. show. I, I like Ask Pat because it's like, you know, 10 minute every day. It's like short spurts. He, he answers questions that people have. And so I sent him in a question like or like three or four questions regarding, you know, starting up my podcast. And, um, because he also has like a, a channel that helps you do that. So you could check that out. But, um, anyway, so he, there was, um, there was one time when I sent him some questions way back in like October or November. And, um, yeah. and so, you know, I continued to listen to the show cause I was thinking after a couple of weeks, it'd pop up if he chose one, you know, and, and the other day, I think it was Monday. Yep. It was Monday cause it was the first day of the week. Um, you know, I saw the podcast pop up and I was looking and I read kind of, cause I always read the description to see if it's something that is more relevant to me to make right. sure I don't miss anything of important relevance to something I do. And it was sure, one of the sure. questions that I asked and no uh, way. which was super, super dope. And so like, uh, yeah. but even before that, like several months ago, he had, uh, he had posted something on Twitter and I, you know, I added him and, and asked him a question and he answered it. And like just those little things, just answering yeah. a question, especially, you know, if, if you're really trying to, you know, grow, you know, whether it's a, a fan base or just a community in general, you know, being able to, um, you know, respond to people, even if it is short. Like I asked Gary right. V about um, when, by the way, by the way, I'm rooting for you to get uh, to get him on the podcast. I saw that tweet. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm gonna try to reach out in the universe to try to get everybody to go on Twitter and and retweet that and at him and tell him to be on my show. Even though it's it, you know, 
doesn't entirely fit because this show is primarily for Christian business owners. I feel like the value that he would bring to it, uh, I can bypass that one. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. You know, I have a couple bleeps in there, but uh, but yeah, if he comes on the show, man, that'd be you know, you know. Well, he knows how to tone it down. He knows how to tone it down. (laughs) Yeah, man. So, um, but yeah, going back to just the engaging, you know. You know, anybody out there, if you're on, no matter what kind of business it is, and I think that's the other thing too, it's not just for like people with a personal brand, any kind of business that you have, if you have an online presence, you got to engage with people. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, I, yeah, that, that, that's really like another one of those secrets, you know, to, to being successful on, on uh, social media is, is definitely engaging, you know, uh, so, so, uh, I, I came across, um, I found that about Voss through Periscope, right? Right. And he, he started a, a telegram channel, right? And there's like over 400 Christians in, on one social media platform, right? Now he's, he's been on, um, he's been on tour with, uh, God over money, right? They, they've been on tour and in every city that they've been in, He's met with someone from from the Grow to Heck Up uh, Telegram channel. Like every city, like I've been able to meet people, you know, uh, from the chat, right? Just by going to the show, meeting Voss, you know, in person, hanging out with him, and meeting like other people. And I th- I think that uh, being accessible to people is is very important, even if it's just like. Uh, you know, on, on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever social media platform, um, making yourself available for, for your supporters is very important. It's very important. Um, and you know, and like him doing that, like he's got a, you know, as far as like Voss, you know, and I, cause he's there, you know, he's there helping out, um, the tour, right. but him being available to do that. Um, like he's, he's got fans for life, you know, oh, just, yeah. just, just off of that, you know, just off of, you know, Shaking hands with somebody, you know what I mean? It's too bad he don't rap because he'd sell a lot more records that way too. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's 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 the that's the big debate. That's the bit everybody wants him to. You know uh, that brother that brother has just so many talents and so many ideas. You know that he could honestly he could do he could do whatever he wants. You know what I mean? If he wanted to drop an album, he could drop an album. If he wanted to launch an app he could do that too like god has really blessed him you know and he's definitely been a blessing to my life you know and that's all social media again because he understands social media mm-hmm. you know he understands the platforms uh he, he understands the culture of the platforms as well that's another important thing about social media is definitely understanding the culture of, of the platform that you're on um you know and, and the, the whole engagement thing yeah I know whenever um, the first time he responded, it was interesting too, because like whenever you jump into a, a, a like a Periscope session and there's like, you know, three, 4,000 people in it and you ask a question and they answer your question. Right. Like, that's like, even right, though, it goes back to the whole Pat thing. That yeah, Pat, it's, right? it's like, yeah. I mean, there were, you know, there've been times where there's been other artists who have been on Periscope and I've asked questions and I'm like, man, they didn't answer my question, man. I, and, you know, and then after a while, you just, you know, you're like, hey, they never answered my question. And, uh, yeah. but then when they do and like, you know, especially like, you know, cause Voss, you know, he'll, he'll read out the name of the person sometimes or whatever. And, you know, it just kind of, it, it, it almost builds like a, a whole nother level of connection. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, so yeah. I tell you, man, Voss really figured out a way to build a community on Periscope because I know there's a ton of people, you know, and, and it's kind of one of the things that he says, which, you know, isn't specific to what we're saying, but, you know, they're coming to mock the state of rock. And uh, so mm-hmm. people, so people can just, you know, if you have a live feed or something or, you know, or, or, or you're, or if you're good at live video, like whether it's Facebook live, whether it's Periscope, um, Instagram's different because people have to be following you, but, um, yeah, so that's a little bit different, but you know, with those, like if you go up there and you engage with all of the people, like people in there commenting and stuff, you engage with them, you know, that's super effective. And even if it's just, you know, sometimes it's worth being on there 10, 15 minutes, just talking to one person. Right. And, right. Uh, but it, I, th- I think it goes back to bringing value though. Yeah. You know, at the, at the end of the day, um, I, I think it goes back to bringing value, um, and people finding value in that, you know, in whatever it is that you're sharing, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it with, 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 uh, this podcast, you know, as far as like going the business route. Um, cause you know, you, you're talking about business, you, you're talking with, uh, different people, uh, from different walks of life, uh, this different expertise, different levels of success, you know, um, and you're bringing value to an audience, you know, you, you're bringing something that, that people can walk away with and Hey, I'm going to, that, you know, that was good. I'm going to apply that to my business or even just, you know, someone who may be thinking about starting a business or taking that step, you know, right. by listening to this podcast, it, it could be something that encourages them. Yeah. And that's the whole goal for this show, man. My goal is, you know, for anybody, uh, I mean, it's, it's really for anybody because it's not like we don't read Bible scripture on the show. You know, I mean, right. one, one of the main goals was to kind of reach, you know, Christians out there who want to start a business. And, um, you know, and I had a great conversation with, um, with, uh, Fred tolls. Uh, he was in the, yeah. Company, uh, yeah. Oh, that was great. I heard that one. Yeah. I heard that one. And, and, and he was talking about, you know, it's, it's cool to have a for-profit business and to grow and, and make profit and things like that. You don't have to do just like a, a nonprofit, you know, right. And, and you know, so it's, it's things like that, that, you know, I've, you know, I've, personally thought about in the past and i've heard some people mention and things like that so um so yeah but but i I think i think it it's the culture is partly to blame because you know for our age group there's only two options right it's either you become a pastor or you're a rapper right if you're a christian like those are it seems like those are the only two viable options right right? and i think that has a lot to do with uh the church culture and I think it's great what you're doing because you're showing people who are into, um, uh, uh, you know, maybe into construction or maybe into uh, social media marketing or maybe website building, WordPress building, you know, people, Christians who are in business and, you know, they, they, they're still 100% Christian, um, but yet they're, they're also uh, entrepreneurs as well, you know, outside of, uh, the church structure, you know, right. um, and I, I think, I think that that's, that, that's great that you, that you're doing that. I mean, could you imagine how much money Mark Zuckerberg, you know, could give to ministry if he was a Christian? Right. Like, that's, right. that's what I think about, man. Whenever it comes to business for me, and this is, you know, kind of going off topic, but you know, I, I think it might be a good way to round out the show this week, but you know, for me, and I always tell, like I've told my mother-in-law sometimes, you know, she'll ask me, she'll say, you know, why, why don't you think about going to school, you know, and go to Bible school? And, and I thought about that. Right, and actually, right, that right. was my two avenues in life when it came to going to college was, you know, religious studies, which I actually signed up for, enrolled in classes and was waiting to start 
or business. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. And like, I really just felt like there was something about business that, you know, it was kind of a, not as common when it comes to ministry is the business route. And right. so, you know, being able to provide jobs for people that, that go into prison, for example, they give their life to Christ, then they come out and they can't find a job because of their past mistakes. Exactly. So exactly. Being able to hire somebody like that to do some work, you know, is, you know, that's, that's like a huge goal of mine is to be able to help folks like that. And, um, yeah. and, you know, th- you know, I, it, and, and not just that, but like even even for people out there who are trying to start like a huge company, because you know some people start small ones and it's fine. It's good to have a small business. My my blog this week is actually going to be based on like, you know, how big should your business actually be? Because uh, right. I think some people feel like they got to have a huge business. They got to be you know Mark Zuckerberg. They got to be you know, yeah, Bezos yeah. and you all know, that. And you know what? I used to think the same thing too, but I read a, a book that I actually heard uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins mention, um, $100 Startup. Uh-huh. And that, that changed. I actually read that right before I got laid off from my job. And that kind of prepared me as well, along with uh, the Gary Vee book. Um, you know, because you, you think like you need $10,000, $100,000, a million dollars to start a business in reality is just work with what you have, you know, like, you know, I, and a lot of us don't think about what we're going to do with that million dollars. If we had a million dollars or that hundred thousand or even that $10,000, like what would you do with that money? What would you, what, where would you put it in your business? You right. know? Um, and, and, and I think that that kind of, sets us back too, where it's like, we don't take that, that leap of faith. We don't take that first step because we're crippled by, you know, our fear of, well, my plan's not ready. I I can't start yet because I don't have that Facebook just yet. But Facebook wasn't the Facebook that we know now when it first started. Exactly. Exactly. And I think another thing people might do sometimes is they might look to see where other people were at when they started and they feel like they had to be at that same spot. Right. Like, yeah, we all have different starting points. Sure. Sure. And, you know, that's another thing that, you know, I feel like people need to be encouraged is that you don't have to have the same, you know, jumping off point that other people had, even in the same uh, market and in, in the same yeah. sphere of work. And, uh, you know, some people don't have somebody to give them, you know, $20,000 worth of video equipment to start a production company. Right. Some people start with the iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's tons of videos uh, on YouTube where people not only shot music videos, but shot films yeah. on iPhones, you know? Um, so, you know, the, especially with the way technology is now, you know what I mean? The opportunities are endless. You know, like I said, I, I started my, my video equipment. I got, I purchased with my tax return. Right. I didn't go buy Jordans. I didn't go buy a gold chain. I didn't go buy gold fronts. You know, I didn't go <laughs> buy a car. You know, Do I people buy fronts anymore. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> I uh, I bought I bought a DSLR, an entry level DSLR, and I bought an entry level MacBook, and that that's how I started because I knew that that was gonna make me money. I knew that that was me enabling myself to fish you know, for the next couple of years. I actually still use the first camera that I bought, I guess, seven years ago now. Wow. You know? Yeah. I still use that same camera. Um, and I still get work with that camera, you know? And, and so, you know, it, I think if, if you, if you want to do it, you can make it happen, you know? 
um, the the hardest part is getting over these these uh, excuses, you know. Yeah, it's all about the execution. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all about exactly. that. I thought exactly. about doing a podcast for a long time, and it wasn't until Did I you actually. Really? I mean, I, I thought about it for uh, I mean, probably a year before I actually like ever since I started listening to Track Stars, yeah. like probably two months after listening to it, I was like, you know, man, I you know, my thought process was, you know, I, I can't, you know. I can't go up there and be a part of the podcast. You know, I wish right. I could just start one myself and, you know, talk about some of these things or whatever. And, right. um, and so at the same time, I thought about starting this podcast. Uh, my buddy, Sean, who's on the Solomon's porch podcast with me, right. he hit me up one day and texted me and said, dude, let's start a podcast. I was like, say no more done. Right. Right. And, um, and we started, I had a little small mixer that I bought whenever I, I was attempting to do music at the time. Uh -huh. Um, I had a cheap microphone, a USB mic that I had, and he got like a, 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 a cheap one that we had left over at the church and like the, the additional pile and, and we just did it and we started and, yeah. um, and you know, we didn't have a whole, you know, we didn't have a huge fancy setup. We don't have a fancy setup now, but we've invested a little more money into it because it was, sure. once, it, yeah. it was once we started that when we realized that people actually liked it and it was impacting people like mm -hmm. when we got the very first you know message saying you know your show has really it's really impacted me in a positive way like right. you know if we hadn't started with the first couple episodes we would have never got that which would which gave us exactly. the drive to continue going exactly exactly so exactly yeah, one thing one thing I, I love i love saying is you know is uh how do you eat an elephant Yep. one bite at a time yeah you know that's how you get it done yeah sure is man i tell you man we could go on probably for another few hours i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> man definitely gotta get you. it's funny because like sometimes you know whenever i'm talking to people and there's a really good conversation yeah. and i know we have to end it because we have families and lives and right, know, things right. like that and uh you know sometimes i'm like you know we'll just pick it back pick the conversation back up on the second episode and, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll definitely have to get you back on the show. And, yeah, I love um, to. I love to. So, but but before we go, um, the all your Twitter handles. Uh, so you got what Instagram, Twitter. I got Instagram, uh, Twitter, Snapchat. It's uh, J is L A J A E I S L A on every social media platform. So same number, same hood. Gotcha. Gotcha. Can people hit you up on Telegram or? Yeah, hit me up on Telegram. It's JSLA as well. Um, actually, if you want to contact me, Telegram is probably uh, that's the number one consumed social media platform for me. I'm on there twenty four seven. I'm on there twenty four seven. There's there's four uh, four hundred plus people that'll verify that I'm on there twenty four seven. I'm always on there. Um, that's probably the best way to reach me. But um, yeah, you can reach me on any social media platform. Um, Especially anybody who's maybe maybe starting a business and just has a general question, um, I don't mind consulting. Um, I consult for free. Um, you know, I don't I don't charge a dime to consult anybody. Just give advice. Um, I do it all the time, just because I, I enjoy um, empowering people. I enjoy helping people out. So um, you know, you don't have to feel obligated to like hire me to to do your social media marketing. I can give you some tips and advice. Now, if you expect me to do it, then that comes at a premium. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, and that's awesome, man. We really appreciate you taking um, 
you know, taking time to help people out. Cause I know, I know at least one person, I don't know if he'll listen to this, hopefully listen to this episode, but, uh, you know, one thing he is trying to do was start up a YouTube channel. And okay. so I feel like, you know, uh, I'm going to shout you out real quick. Rico, that's not his YouTube name, but if you listen to this, hit up J is LA. Hit me up Rico. Yeah, man. And, um, and then your YouTube channel is J is LA TV. Correct. Correct. If you just go to, uh, if you just type in your browser, J is LA, uh, dot TV, J is LA dot TV. It'll take you right to my YouTube. Okay. And don't, don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and he'll respond to you because he understands the importance of engagement too. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I, man, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, chopping. Thank you so much me. for having me. I, I really appreciate the conversation. I had such a great time. I, it, I can't believe it flew by so quickly. Yeah, man, it's been. It really seems like we just got on. <laughs> hour and ten minutes. This is probably the longest. I think. Yeah, this is. These interviews are getting longer, but this was just really good. And I had, and the only reason we're cutting it off is because you know we have a, a got, time slot yeah. we have to fit. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. I gotta pick up my daughter. But pretty otherwise, this this would be just like a, a Joe Rogan podcast, and we'd go two and three hours. <laughs> yeah, man, for real. So, all right, man. Well, I'll definitely hit you back up off mic. Y'all make sure y'all check him out, JSLA, on uh, all the social media platforms if you have any questions. And yeah, man, um, thank y'all for listening to another interview on the Business with Bordeaux podcast. Thank you, brother. All righty. We want to thank JSLA for coming onto the show this week. And uh, make sure y'all go check them out. Like we said, YouTube, J is LATV. That's J-A-E is LATV. And on all the social media platforms, uh, J is LA. So it's all uniform, which just good business advice. If you're trying to have a social media presence, having your, your handles on all the different platforms being the same is very, very, very important. And it's much easier to find people that way and for people to find you that way. So just, you know, a little quick little thing i wanted to throw in there but yeah there was a lot of great stuff i'm gonna try to get the the books and everything up on the show notes page on businesswithbordo.com i got my blog back up going this week so many things are back in action this week and you know i do apologize past few weeks or i, I did put up a podcast last week but uh the few weeks before that you know it's a little rough and it was a little tough getting stuff up. So uh, I appreciate y'all hanging out and coming back to the show after taking a couple weeks off. And so anyway, um, yeah. So before I go, I uh, just wanted to share, I guess, a little personal thing is uh, next week, I officially graduate college. So y'all pray for me, you know, figuring out what path I'm going to be uh, going after that. You know, I think, you know, a lot of times we, we make a plan and we, we feel like we're following God's plan and we want to keep focused on what it is that he has us doing. And so that's really my big focus right now is trying to make sure that I'm following the path that the Holy Spirit has me walking on and that I don't stray away based on, you know, superficial things in the job market or in my personal desires. So anyway, uh, yeah, so I appreciate y'all praying for me on that. Uh, again, I want to shout out Aaron Simpkins over at truestrengthapparel.com. Make sure you go check out his clothing. And I'm trying to figure out a way to be able to maybe give away a t-shirt or two. 
So, um, so make sure you go over there and look and see what kind of apparel you would really like. And, you know, by doing that, I'm going to try to figure out a way or while you're doing that, I'm trying to figure out a way to maybe hook you up with a t-shirt from true strength apparel and also go check out wpstan.com, um, WordPress Stan. He is, you know, expert at WordPress website, uh, platforms. So if you have any questions about that, whether it's security, building a site, anything like that, you can hit them up. Uh, go check them out at wpstan.com. And, you know, you got to have a website. You need to do that if you have a business, whether you're online or not. You still need to have an online presence. So make sure you're on your game in that area and that you're not lagging behind all the other competition. And yeah, I think that's it for this week. Um, I thank y'all again for listening to the Business with the Bordeaux podcast. And hopefully we will hear, uh, well, hopefully you will hear from me again next week if you tune into next week's podcast. So anyway, love y'all. Thank you for listening. God bless.